Hey, hey, welcome back. Friday evening just about upon us. But first, we got to get through this. Loving It Disability Law Show. Good to have you around for the next half hour. Reaching out anytime to Savan and his team is really simple. Do not even hesitate ever just to make that phone call and uh, ask a few simple questions if that's all you need. 1-855-821-5900. Help at disabilityrights.ca is a good way to go about that as well through email. We'll try to get to some of those over the next half hour, but we got a lot of, a lot of ground to cover here early on in uh, in 2023 guys got to savant to mark and of course co-founding partner sam firu to mark and llp and our good pal brandon ferrantes who's an amazing paralegal the firm does excellent work again reach out to any of these fellows and their respective crews always ready to talk to you okay boys a couple weeks ago it was good times out on the roads the uh the ugly weather has reared its ugly head some south of the border even worse but you know we're not done yet here it's only january so i think it's um it's it's interesting savan because reflecting on our last few shows where we were covering you know motor motor uh, motor vehicle accidents and everything that encompasses that particular pain panic of strife that everybody's eventually going to go through sometime in their driving life got a lot of great response for you guys and people are really realizing that they don't know as much as they thought they knew or as their neighbor steve might have told them so a good reason why we're doing this show so uh uh, give us a bit of a recap, pal. What's going on with you? For sure, John. It's great to be with here, uh, you know, with, with you, with Brendan, with our listeners. You're absolutely right. I mean, the last few weeks, we saw terrible weather. I mean, I'm looking at uh, a, a news article right now from just a couple of weeks ago, uh, up to 100 vehicles involved in crashes on Highway 401 south of London. In fact, I was going to my in-laws, uh, you know, during the holidays there in London, and uh, the 402 was closed down. So tons and tons of accidents all over. And unfortunately, that happens every single year. And what's important is that people understand ahead of time what their rights are. If you don't, you could be in a situation where you simply don't know what to do. You know, you're, you're immediately going, you're asking your your, your uh, uh, loved ones, uh, friends, you know, what do I do? How do I deal with the insurance company? How do I deal with the police? What kind of treatments should I be getting? What do I do with my car being written off, etc.? And so, you know, the purpose of this show today is to really focus again, go back to basics. What are the legal rights that people are entitled to? You know, I'm uh, an injury and disability lawyer. Many people at my firm deal with these kinds of cases. Brendan deals with accident benefits, and we're going to get into that in a moment. We'll ask him questions. We'll go through emails. Really important to understand what your legal rights are, and I'm specifically talking about injuries. Uh, so let's break this down. If you are involved in a car accident in Ontario, and, and by the way, Ontario law is not the same as British Columbia law or Alberta law or Quebec mm-hmm. law. Every province has distinct legislation and laws that deal with car accidents and what you can and cannot get by way of compensation. So in Ontario specifically, and by the way, the law changes all the time. So don't just go to someone who purports to do injury law, but really does also real estate and family law and immigration, and everything else. You know, gone are the days when you have somebody who is just, you know, uh, able to do everything, just like with doctors. You have specialists and you have that as well in law, people who focus on specific areas. And so one of our specific areas at the firm, my group especially, is injuries and disabilities. So let's talk about car accidents. If you're involved in a car accident in Ontario and you are injured as a result of that car accident, irrespective of whether you are at fault for the accident or not, you are entitled to certain benefits from the insurance company of the vehicle that you were in when you were injured. Now, we'll get into scenarios as well where what happens if you're a pedestrian and you don't have, you know, you weren't in a car at the time of the injury uh, or or you don't even own a car or have auto insurance. What do you do in that situation? We'll get to that. But in a case where you're in a car accident and it's not your fault, sorry, 
it doesn't matter if it's your fault or not, you're going to be entitled to certain accident benefits, like income replacement benefits, right? To substitute the income you cannot earn while you are healing and off work, uh, medical rehabilitation benefits, you know, in, in the very catastrophic types of cases, even the ones where someone dies, you know, there are funeral expenses that may be paid, that can be paid. Uh, so there are many other kinds of benefits. We can talk to Brandon. This is what he does. Now, in the event that the accident was not your fault or that it was your fault, but also the fault of someone else, in that kind of a scenario, if your injuries are significant, meaning that they are permanent to some extent and that they are chronic or that they are uh, uh, very, very serious, meaning that you cannot work or you have difficulty working because of your injuries for the long term, or if you're a student or someone who's retired and most of your activities of daily living, most of the way that you've lived before the accident has been now altered, you may be entitled to a lot more compensation from whoever was responsible or at least partially responsible for the accident. That's right. called a tort claim. That's where the lawyer comes in. So with accident benefits, you can have Brendan, who is an expert in this field, come in and help you, and he does that uh, with clients at our firm. And with the tort side of, of, of the, you know, the case, we have a lawyer, myself or someone else on the team who handles that part of the claim, and we work together because it's two sides of the same coin. And when we're dealing with tort claims, with compensation for injuries, we're dealing with pain and suffering, we're dealing with uh, any of the income losses above and beyond what you're entitled to from your own insurance company, from your accident benefits. We're talking about uh, you know, potentially out-of-pocket expenses that could go into the thousands, if not tens and hundreds of thousands of dollars. I mean, imagine, John, a situation where you have someone who has been injured to such an extent that they now need modifications in their home. Maybe yeah. they need a caregiver. Maybe they have a family member who now has to work less hours at their own job because they need to take care of the injured individual. Well, guess what? Under Ontario law, you are entitled to seek compensation for that under the Family Law Act. So again, there, there's complexity to this, but what you need to get out of this as a listener is that if you're injured in Ontario as a result of a car you are entitled to certain accident benefits. We'll get to that. And if it's not your fault or if it's partially someone else's fault that you're injured, you may be entitled to significant compensation from that person's insurance company. Yeah, Savannah, appreciate that, pal. Brent, I want to ask you when it comes to, I know the, the, the part of it that you do when it comes to treatments, I mean, some details on that. What do you, what do you say about that? Hi, John. Uh, yeah, so again, as uh, Savannah was mentioning, I deal with the accident benefits uh, portion. Um, which is the first claim that Savannah was mentioning. So that's more involved in medical rehabilitation benefits, you know, such as physiotherapy, uh, chiropractic treatment, massage therapy, but this cannot extend all the way to psychological therapy, occupational therapy as well. Um, there's even attending care benefits, uh, where sometimes a personal support worker could come in a few days a week to help somebody out. Again, depending on what, what is needed, every client's different, every accident is different. So it all depends on what people are going to need. There's also the income replacement benefit. You know, if somebody was working at the time of the accident, they're going to be entitled to a benefit that can pay up to 70% of their uh, total income, up to a maximum of $400 per week. But again, if they have optional benefits, this can be extended all the way to four, to 800 even even $1,000 per week, all depending on the uh the policy that they have. There's even the non-earner benefit too, where even sometimes where people are, let's say elderly and they're not working at the time of the accident, um, 
they can be entitled to this non-earner benefit, which pays up to $185 per week to help out with just some some things that uh, they need due to the accident. Let's say prescriptions. They don't have you know enough money for all these uh, these bills to pay for prescriptions. They can use this benefit, and these uh, expenses can even be invoiced to your own insurance company um, if it is related to the accident, such as like I said, prescription, or if let's say. They need. Uh, they now need a wheelchair or a cane. You know things that uh, that they need help. They need help with. These can all be submitted to their own insurance company. Savannah, what do you say? You want to expand on that? I mean, a lot of these things people will just be told from their policy or whatever. But there's so much. There's so much more they can take advantage of. I guess going forward, right? Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that people need to understand is that it's important to do things correctly from the outset. And there's been situations where people have come to us either because they haven't had representation, they simply thought, I'm going to get better, I can deal with insurance company myself. Uh, And some people can, you know, especially if you are in the industry. If you're in the insurance industry and you understand this, you can probably navigate. But to be honest with you, John, it it is complicated. And the problem is that it gets more and more complicated because the people who make these laws and change these laws almost never change it for the better, meaning that they always make it more complicated. So you need someone who can guide you. And one of the beautiful things about what we offer is that we speak with people for free. We never pressure you to do anything. You know, one of the big uh, problems, I think, in the injury world, and, you know, to an extent, you know, let's let's call a spade a spade. People call us ambulance chasers. And I tell people, I'm not an ambulance chaser. I, I will give you the information, for, you know, for free. I'm not going to tell you you have to do this or that. I'm simply here to give you the information. Now, you do have lawyers, you do have firms who are going to press you to do something right now, to sign the contract in front of you right now. We're never going to do that. The goal when you speak with us, just like with these shows, is to provide you with the proper and correct information as to what your rights are under the law. If you then want to go to someone else, you have a friend who can help you, you have, I don't know, a a lawyer friend, or you yourself just need clarification on something you're unsure about, this is when you come to us. Now, we can help you, we can represent you, insurance companies know us by way of our reputation, But you don't have to be afraid of calling us up or emailing us because you'll get this information for free. And especially now, especially during this time where there is increased anxiety and there is increased, you know, uh, concern for, for people's rights. You need to know that there is someone in your corner, and that's what we're here for. So we're going to talk in the next segment, John. We have some emails that have come through. Let's dissect some of these cases and give people uh, up more information and guidance on what happens in a car accident. Can't wait. We'll get to it here after a short break. We will continue on the Disability Law Show here on your Friday evening. In the meantime, reaching out to Brandon, reaching out to Savannah and their respective teams. Don't hesitate, as we always tell you, right? one 855 and help at See, We'll continue. More of the Disability Law Show is on the way. Hang on. All right. Welcome back. Disability Law Show here on a Friday night. Get you into your weekend. Here's the number to reach out to Savannah or Brandon. The guys are always ready just to have that conversation. If you've uh, spent the last couple of weeks looking at the front end of your car or even worse, been part of that weather on the roads in southern Ontario. This show is what we're focusing on here today. You can reach out one 855 help at ca as well. Uh, you mentioned emails, uh, Savannah. I want to get into one from George here. First one off the uh, off the hop in that regard. It says, hey, guys, I got into an accident six months ago in the 401. 
I went to the hospital and fractured my left wrist. I didn't open an accident benefit claim with my own insurance company because I thought it would be better off, uh, better once I got off my cast. But now the doctor is telling me that I need physiotherapy and treatment to help me get better and back uh, to how I was before the accident. Is it too late now to open up that claim? Okay, so George, I'm uh, I'm sorry to hear about uh, the accident you were you were involved in, um, but no, you are you know it's not too late to not too late to open up a claim. Um, uh, the limitation to open up a claim is typically two years, um, and in your case, since it's only been six months, there is still time to open up a claim through your own insurance company, an accident benefit claim. Um, as your doctor mentioned, yes, I'm sure you will need. A bunch of physiotherapy and other types of treatment to get back to normal as like you said you had to cast on for a few months i'm sure that your arm is you know now a lot different than how it was before the accident so you know you will again be entitled to the physiotherapy you know the massage therapy treatment as well and even if you know you weren't able to return to work let's say you're doing I'm not too sure what you do for work, but let's say if you're doing something that, you know, requires a lot of lifting and you can't now do to that arm, you are entitled to the income replacement benefit. Um, again, depending on how much and uh, what your policy is, is depending on how much you're going to receive. Even if, um, you know, you, you have trouble around the house completing some things, you know, you, you might need that attending care benefit as well, where you're going to have a PSW come in and help you out. But no, again, it is it is not too late to open up a claim. You know, what do you, uh, Brandon, what do you do if you're a, a passenger or slash pedestrian, I guess, and you don't have your own insurance? Well, how does that, uh, do you, is there, is there an option for you? Of course, you know, um, even, even if, you know, uh, there's all, the, the insurance companies will look at, um, let's say if you, uh, let's say you have a spouse or you're dependent on someone such as a parent, um, you might fall under their insurance company or even, uh, uh, someone that had list you as a driver. Let's say you have a roommate, and sometimes you use their car, and they, you know to be safe, they want to list you as a driver because sometimes you use their car. You know you might fall under them, or even someone else in your household. Uh, even if they don't have you listed, uh, it might be you might fall under them. Um, it could even sometimes, rarely, but it does happen where it falls under the person that hits you, um, in, in their insurance company. But let's say they don't even have insurance let's say they're driving right. you know illegally without insurance there is something called uh the motor vehicle uh, accident claims fund also known as mvac uh which is again government funded and it's and it's it's still there to protect you so at the end of the day if it's the absolute worst of worst situations you're still going to be safe and covered uh savannah what do you think about that pal give you a shot at it yeah, let me uh, go back to George's email about the uh, accident that happened six months ago on the 401. Mm -hmm. You know, what's interesting about that is we don't have a lot of information from that email. I agree with everything Brendan said on the accident benefits side, uh, but this gentleman had fractured his left wrist. And let me just give you a scenario here. And again, this is made up because we don't know this from George, but let's assume that he's working age. Let's assume that he has difficulty working because he needs his wrist. Uh, let's assume for a second that uh, the injury is significant enough that he's going to be left with some kind of a permanency to the injury. Maybe he's going to have some restrictions with movement. Maybe he's going to have some issues in terms of the strength of his wrist, of his hand. Now, let's assume that he does some kind of work that requires his hands in a significant way. Maybe he's a mechanic. Maybe he's an electrician. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he is a surgeon. We don't know what he does. The injury really depends. I mean, the impact of the injury depends on how the person lives their life, their age, how active they are, what kind of work they do. 
So if you have a situation where you have somebody who now, because of a certain injury, it doesn't have to be a fracture. It can also be, you know, a soft tissue injury that becomes chronic, like a back pain or neck pain. Something that now diminishes or inhibits your ability from doing what you were doing before the accident in a significant way. Let's say work, as an example. Well, how does that translate into a potential claim against whoever was at fault for this accident? So while this person, George, can get all these accident benefits and probably more that Brandon spoke about, to the extent that this injury or any other injury that George suffered has a permanency to it, right? There is something that is going to be there and is going to impact him in a negative way for the foreseeable future. He may have a significant claim against the insurance company of the other driver. So... Very simple scenario here. Let's say he's 45 years old. He works as an electrician. He's not going to uh, be unable to do his previous work to the same extent. Let's say he's going to be losing, let's say, $10,000 a year as a result of this injury. If he was to retire at age 65 and he's 45 now, that's 20 years of potential income loss of $10,000 per year. That's $200,000 just there because of this injury? What about the pain and suffering that he's entitled to because of this? What if he needs help around the home? Maybe he needs somebody to help him now mow the lawn or shovel the snow or take care of his ailing mother. I have no idea what the scenario here. My point is, whoever now has to help him or if he hires someone, a neighbor, a friend, someone else to help him with these tasks, that's also compensable potentially against the other insurance company. John, I've had cases where somebody suffered a broken ankle, broken ribs, you know, a, a broken neck, all these, and you have claims that are valued on the tort side in the hundreds of thousands of dollars, sometimes wow. in the millions. So you need to be very careful that you get, again, the correct and proper advice early on. So George, after the show, let's get in touch. Brenda and I will speak with you by phone if you'd like, by Zoom or in person. We will give you the information you need, your family needs. Again, no obligation, doesn't cost anything, but you'll have this information. You'll be armed with it and you'll know what to do. Look, John, just stepping back for a second, you know, uh, Brenda and I talk a lot about the law, but obviously the number one thing is for people to try and get better to get the medical help that they need. The problem is that sometimes they don't know what's covered by the insurance company, what's covered by OHIP, and what is out of pocket. And again, we can help with those kinds of questions. We do that all the time. Brendan speaks with people. I speak with people literally every single day. And, and you know, we're proud of that because we're able to give this information to people and people then know what needs to be done. And oftentimes it's not the injured individual who actually contacts us. It's a family friend or it's a family mm -hmm. member or it's just a loved one, someone who cares about someone who was just injured in a car accident or a slip and fall for that matter. We focus on car accidents, but the reality is that we help with any kinds of injuries around uh, the province in Ontario. Uh, so, it, it, you know, that's something really important to understand that we can help you with that and give you the information that you need. Now, I want to turn to the uh, passenger pedestrian because, John, you asked Brendan if, they, if, a, if a pedestrian who's injured by a car can also get uh, uh, accident benefits. And Brendan answered that, of course. I want to mention something else about that, and we spoke about this on other shows. If you're a pedestrian or if you are a non-vehicle driving or passenger, uh, individual that was injured because of a car, let's say cyclist as an example, right. and you're hit by a car and you're injured, the question becomes on the tort side of things, you know, how do you prove that the car is at fault? Maybe there are no uh, witnesses. Uh, maybe no one, uh, you know, recorded it. Uh, maybe there is a, you know, a, an argument as to whether or not the the driver was correct uh, in whatever the driver was doing at the time that the injury happened. In other words, who, who's, who's at fault here? 
So when you're dealing with pedestrians or someone who's not in a car who's injured because of a vehicle, under Ontario law, there is a shift of onus, meaning that when you start a claim for compensation against the, the, the vehicle or whoever you say caused the accident, if it's a car-to-car accident, like let's say you're rear-ended and you're the one that was injured, you have the onus under the law to prove that the other driver was at fault. Now, if it's a rear-end collision, it's almost obvious, right, that the other side mm-hmm. was at fault. Uh, there are some exceptions, obviously, but it's not difficult to assess who's at fault. It's the person behind you that's likely at fault that rear-ended you. In a pedestrian situation, pedestrian versus vehicle, the law is such that it doesn't require the injured pedestrian to prove that the car driver was at fault. Automatically, it's presumed that the vehicle driver was at fault. It's the driver of that vehicle that now has to disprove that they're at fault. That means that it's easier for someone who is a pedestrian or a cyclist uh, who's been injured because of a car, it's easier for them to claim compensation potentially against the car or the insurance company of the car that hit them. So, so really important to understand. Again, this is something that an ordinary person, right, John, would not know. You, you would not know that because you're not a lawyer. You're not, you don't deal with these kinds of cases. And there are many other intricacies to these kinds of, of cases. And that's why we tell people, you know, if you have any questions, please give us a call, contact us, and, and we'll make sure that you know what your rights are. I think we got time, Savannah, to uh, squeeze in Travis's email uh, quickly anyway. He says, uh, guys, I was hit by a car when I crossed the road near my workplace in Mississauga last August. The driver was completely at fault, and the police issued him a ticket. I had a bad right knee before this accident, but it was stable, and the accident made it a lot worse. And now I need to get this, a knee replacement. I have no idea how long I'll be off work. Uh, I work in construction. Can you guys help me? Yes, Travis, absolutely, we can help you. And, you know, again, we just talked about being a pedestrian and you were hit by a car. Now, in this case, it's even more straightforward that the other vehicle was at fault because mm-hmm. that person was issued a ticket. Uh, now, you have a bad right knee and you're concerned that somehow that's going to be held against you. I'm here to tell you that, no, that can actually help you from a legal standpoint because the law says that whoever caused the accident, whoever caused the injury, takes their victim as they find them, meaning that if your previous uh, uh, injury or your previous condition was exacerbated by someone else, they are responsible for that, not you for being vulnerable. So again, this is, we can do a whole show on this, John. We can pick it up next show, but really important to understand, do not be worried about this, Travis. We can help you and we can make sure you get the compensation you deserve. Travis, nicely done. Appreciate the email. You as well, George, for listening to the show each week. Uh, i got to thank Brandon, of course, and Savant for filling out with that information. You can always carry on that conversation anytime at your uh, your leisure. Now that we're done for a, a Friday evening, how do you do that? The phone number first and obvious, one 821 5900 You have the option of email. That is help at disabilityrights.ca. And we'll catch you next time, next Friday, right here on the Disability Law Show.